All right, let's welcome everybody out today to episode 355 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. My name is Chris. And my name's Christina. Many thanks to Mountain West Hard Cider for letting us use their facilities to record this episode of the podcast. You need to stop on by and grab some hard ciders on your way home from work, on your way to a friend's house, anytime. Just come support these guys for being such a rad local business. Their address is 425 North, 400 West in Salt Lake City, just north of the Gateway. Mark this on your calendar, guys. It's November 17th. It looks like Green Urban Lunchbox and Mountain West Hard Cider, they are teaming up uh, to make this special release of Gulb Hard Cider. I think I'm pronounce, pronouncing that right, Chrissy. It's G-U-L-B. I think it's it's uh, the two of them, gr- Green Urban Lunchbox and, and the Hard Cider. They're mixing it up. Uh, this hyper-local bottle-conditioned hard cider not only tastes good, but makes you feel good. And they're not talking just about that 6.9% alcohol by volume either. Sounds like it's going to be good. I might have to try this, Chrissy. Gulb is the sound I'm going to make when I'm drinking it. Hey guys, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, the very first time you've downloaded us, first of all, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Hopefully you stick around. But if this is your first time and you're like, what is this podcast all about? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people here in Salt Lake City. We sit down and talk with musicians. We sit down and talk with authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, food truck owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. And sharing his story on the podcast today is David Pierce. He's actually the author of the Bewitched History book. Never in a million years would I have thought, hey, one day I'm going to sit down and talk with the author of the Bewitched History book, and I get to do that on this episode. I'm excited. This is a really fun conversation. Hey, before we get into that conversation, I want to take a moment and thank our amazing sponsors for this episode, Five Wives Vodka and Market Source Real Estate. We're going to be telling you more about them a little bit later on in the podcast. And don't forget to head on over to our website at IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can find all the previous episodes of the podcast and listen to them if you haven't, or listen to the ones that you love all over again. And this is where you can actually also purchase your very own I Am Salt Lake t-shirt. Just look for the shop tab up top. All right, guys, let's jump into that conversation that we had with David Pierce when he sat down with us, shared his story. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. I don't know if people are getting sick of hearing me ask this as the introductory question is, what did your childhood smell like? But I think it's so fascinating. No, I love it. I was totally hoping. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's one of my favorites because I'm like, you learn so much about a person. You know what? What was funny when I first started asking it, I was like, are people going to understand what I'm asking? At first I didn't, but. It, you caught on as much as many times as I listened to the podcast and heard everybody say it. Then I was like, like, I get it. Yeah. Well, what about you, David? So mine was. Uh, dryer sheets because my mom's washer and dryer were going 24 seven. How many kids were in your There's family? There's only four of us. Oh. And then my dad. So it's not, it wouldn't seem like a lot of laundry, but she washed towels every single day. You didn't like carry a towel over into the next day. <gasps> really? Yeah. I, I've met people like that. That's a lot of work. And I thought that was just normal Oh, until well. I started living with people and I'm like, <gasps> Oh my gosh, the town's been disgusted. hanging here for like three days. What's going on? <laughs> some some people don't even wash their towels. It is air drying. Well, here's you know? the thing. Like when you get out of the shower, you're all clean. Yeah. So technically but, your towel's not getting dirty, right? Well, that's right? what I say. I say you can go maybe 
Like, <laughs> is this something we should be talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe like five days, maybe. There this you go. is interesting. I this mean, how many days? Okay, here's a, here's a sh- here's a question for our listeners: How many days do you go without washing your towel? That's actually, I think I really would like that. You should post people. that on Facebook. <laughs> actually, that we, you should. And because I learned when when we moved in together that he doesn't like sharing towels. I Not, agree. You know, but like Chris. you're like, this is my towel. That's your towel. Like, wait a minute. It's not that you don't like you, it, but you wanted to share towels with me. Well, I'm like, it's a towel. No. You were clean when you used it. Okay. Christina. <laughs> no, we're getting off track anyway. No, um, I'm with Chris on that one. No sharing towels. No. Yeah. That's just weird. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> we're married. I mean, okay, I would say you got right. your own filth on your own towel, but you just got out of the bathtub. So there is no filth. That's what I'm saying. No, I don't. Like <laughs> Maybe. Okay. All right. Okay. That's fine. I'm so, the gross one. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to David here. That's okay, why sorry, we're, David. that's why we're that's here okay. chatting. Just so messing. your childhood smelled of clean cleanliness. It smelled like that. And it also smelled like uh, baking because my mom baked all the time. Oh, my gosh. You all grew up time. in like a wonderful house. Where'd you grow up here I in did, Utah? Or where? I, yeah, I, live, I grew up. I was born in LDS Hospital. And then I grew up in West Valley City. And my mom still lives in that same house. Wow. Yeah. Do you ever just like go back and just sit there and remember your childhood? Oh, I'm there almost every single day. Does she still bake every day? <laughs> I'd be there. She pretty much does. Like a couple years ago, her oven broke and that was like a tragedy. And then she ended up getting a double oven and those Even double ovens. Better. We go over there for um, Sunday dinner, the whole family every Sunday. She usually whips up a really nice dinner and has baked cookies or she's famous for her chocolate cake, Beverly's chocolate cake. If anybody knows Beverly Pierce, they know that her chocolate cakes where it's, where it's at. So she would bring this chocolate cake, I bet, to events and get togethers. Everybody and- always requests it. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I guess they had like a ward auction and somebody paid 60 bucks for it. No kidding. Nice. So is it worth 60 bucks? Oh, yeah. Wow. I'd like to I'd like to put it next to the Costco chocolate cake. Have a cake off. <laughs> I know what you're saying about you know, Costco because yeah. it's really good. It's pretty good. But my mom's. And Even better. I'm not just saying it, it's because it's my mom's. It's really good. Does she take orders? Um, she could. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. So let, let's, I want to jump right into Bewitched. Yeah. Like literally that's what we're here. I'm actually going to hold the book here. Just, just to feel the, the, I felt like, <laughs> I felt like bringing this book would bring like an energy here to the room today. You know, you gave us a, like a, a, a signed essence. copy. It will. Dude, this book is th- so thick. I know. Like how long did this take to write? So Bewitched ran for eight years. And it took me eight years to write. Whoa. Did you did you actually go through, because you um, really break down each episode that was ever made. Yeah. Did you sit and write while you were watching each episode? I was I was reading through it and I'm like, I wonder how he, yeah, I would, you know, thought to make all these little commentaries. So how it started was um, I was on a Bewitched fan board called harpiesbizarre.com and it's called Harpies Bizarre because that's the magazine that the witches read instead of Harper's Bazaar. Harpy's oh, Bazaar. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I was on the message board and Sony that owns Bewitched wasn't doing anything to celebrate like the 40th. And they did that for the Brady Bunch, but not Bewitched, which I find, I mean, yeah, the Brady Bunch is more, I guess, iconic. But Bewitched was on all the time when I was growing up. Yeah. So I decided to celebrate the 40th myself by writing posts about each episode as on their 40th anniversary and write it like um, it was occurring in this time 
except that I would write about what was happening at that time. So Bewitched went into production on November 22nd, 1963. Do you guys know what date that is? We probably should. Oh, wait, wait, say, say that again. Say that. Say 11-22-63. 11-22-63. That was way before my time. I didn't realize we were going to do math. This is history. <laughs> <laughs> this is the day JFK got shot, you guys. Well, oh. I'm not really a JFK fan. <gasps> What? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <gasps> oh god. Well, sh- I should be? I don't know. Everybody I, I, is a JFK fan. Do you know do you know JFK was one of the first presidents who wanted to legalize marijuana? So you, uh, see, even more of a reason to be a fan. Yeah, no, seriously. He, he was him? he well he used it. He used it for back pain to oh. medicate himself. And uh he, before he got shot and he got shot, he was gonna he was gonna actually yeah. I, I don't know every detail, but I know yeah, he that was, really adds to a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I, I really like that. That adds it. a whole new dimension. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they went into production the day he got shot, and Elizabeth Montgomery, who plays Samantha on the show, and her husband William Asher, who was the director of the show, were friends with um, JFK, and they decided to go on with producing the show anyway. And I found that so interesting. And then all sorts of other things in history happened, like. The Vietnam War and Martin Luther King getting shot and Woodstock. The mm-hmm. Beatles came to America the same year Bewitched premiered. So I found it really interesting. I love history. Yeah. And so I just, every time I wrote about an episode, like on the next week, something new happened in history that was like, wow. And especially like the show's all, I guess some people label it as cotton candy. Like it's fluffy and light and sugary sweet. Yeah, and but the that's world, fun. Yeah, that's fun. That's why we like it. Mm-hmm. In the world, um, if you watch old TV shows, you think that the world was just like that. But really, the world was kind of crappy like ours is right now. Yeah, that's true. So so would you say you're the biggest Bewitched fan? I wouldn't go that far. Have you seen like bigger ones? Like, <laughs> yes. like more? Really? Well, like just on the internet? or Yeah, I know. I met Or is them. there like a convention where you all there's a co- Yeah, no there's a kidding. convention. So... There's a Bewitched convention. Yeah, it's, it's called Bewitched Fanfare, and it's put on by the be- biggest Bewitched fan. His name is Mark Simpson, and he lives up in um, Spokane, Washington. Does he? He actually puts the whole thing together. Yeah. So wow. yeah, he puts that together. He's I've got a massive collection of Bewitched memorabilia, but Mark Simpson far outweighs. He's got almost, I believe he has every episode on the original 16 millimeter film. He's got wow. all the scripts and he's got everything. He lives at the house. Oh, he well he, <laughs> he's the first one to paint his room to look like the opening cartoon, like his Wait, memorabilia really? room. And I did that too. Oh my oh my gosh. I copied it That's when I moved amazing. into my new house. <laughs> hey, I would too. Why not? I'll own have it. to see that. I it's yeah. freaking awesome. Do you have any pictures of that online? Oh yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. On your Facebook? Uh-huh. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Time to stalk. But we do um so in two let's see. 2000, there were six of us that decided to, and Mark wasn't part of the group at that time. We decided to meet in Reno, Nevada, where my friend Andrea lives and just get together as Bewitched fans. And there was only six of us we met on. And this is back when you meet people on the internet, you're probably going to get murdered. Right. So my sister was a really big Bewitched fan. She's eight years younger than me. And I was 18 or I was 24 and she was 16. And I remember telling her, cause we were going to go stay with Joan in her um, hotel room in Reno and I'd never met Joan face to face and I can't believe my parents would let me take my sister yeah. let alone let me go I mean I was 24 and an adult but still so I told Heather let's drive to Reno and go to this meet these people at the hotel 
And if there's any serial murder vibe going on, <laughs> we just tell them that I have to work tomorrow and I have to drive back the whole seven, eight hours or whatever it was. It's good to have an escape plan going in. Yeah. So nobody's wearing bewitched shirts. And I knew who every, and I hadn't seen pictures. I knew who everybody was the moment I saw them. And they knew me too. Like, have you we seen just, pictures of no, each other? No, I hadn't how, seen how them. How did you know? Just sensed each just other. Sensed. Just that bewitched vibe. There is a bewitched, when you're a bewitched fan, a lot of weird, spooky things happen all the time like that. <laughs> like you'll be in the store and it's Witchcraft by Sinatra will be playing on the over the head music, or your waitress will be named Samantha. Like that happens all the time when groups of fans get together. No kidding. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but so, it's so true. you know, you it's... met him in Reno. We met in Reno, and we watched. So at that time, the the first two seasons of Bewitched were in black and white, and a Canadian network had colorized the first two seasons. So we watched the first episode in color for the first time, and it was amazing. And my friend Rita, that lives in Vancouver, Canada, who had come down for it. She brought a scrapbook that she'd kept as a little girl of all the magazine clippings about Bewitched and Elizabeth Montgomery. And it was like, seriously, thicker than my book, which, you know, that's pretty thick, filled with magazine stuff. And if she didn't have the money to buy the magazines, which at that time were 15 cents, she would sit in the store and handwrite and pencil the articles. Whoa. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that was amazing. What is, what is it about Bewitched? That you love, or is that a hard to answer question? I mean, there's what what pulls there's, you in? There's like a multiple answer to that. Like the magic is it was amazing, even though it's like so rudimentary. Like mm-hmm. literally, they stopped the camera so that people could appear and disappear, and there's strings on floating things. But the way that the actors totally believe that, and also like how gorgeous Elizabeth Montgomery was, I. I had never seen anybody so beautiful in my whole life. I remember yeah. when I was way little, just wanting to see her. Mm-hmm. It's just a combination of like good writing on the show and the special effects. Oh, it's a great show. I mean, yeah. don't get me yeah. wrong, but I was just, I mean, there's a lot of good shows from that time period though. But I think that Bewitched, it also kind of stood as an allegory. At that time, like the race, racial tensions were really high. True. And Bewitched kind of stood for that where... Samantha was from a different race and she married a normal mortal human being and they had to deal with how that affected their marriage being in a mixed marriage. And a lot of that kind of stuff was coming out in the world where people were trying to, the civil rights act was signed the same year that Bewitched came out. And um, like the first Halloween episode was totally about prejudice because Darren's ad campaign was for a candy maker that was using like the typical, long-nosed, warty, blacked-out teeth witch. And Samantha found that offensive because that was totally going against her uh, entire race. Yeah. And so they did that early on. So it was kind of fun to see shows like that where they tackled the race issue, but not like in a direct way. Yeah, like in a really subtle way to make people think about actually how ridiculous it is to be racist. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I've never really looked at it from that angle, but I could definitely see... How it w- how it would be that way? Yeah. Can you honestly say you've seen every episode? Oh my gosh, multiple. He, he multiple. wrote about. Well, every I mean, I guess episode. I guess you well, did yeah. write, but I mean, anybody. I mean, it took forever to see every episode, like because there's yeah, probably some that are really hard to find. There were some that never aired, it seemed, but finally I got to see them. How? Just like uh, these meetups in Reno, or like on, <laughs> or like on eBay, they, some people would like sell the uh, original episodes and. I got to see him that way. But eventually, like, it was just a matter of catching them on TV. And 
at the time recording, having the VCR set to record. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the timer. And, <laughs> Good days. Somebody to record over and your VHS. And then some, somebody in your household changes the channel right in the oh midst of it. Oh my gosh. You're like, no. <laughs> I think we all probably have a horror story about someone recording over our favorite TV over show. Over our stories. I hate that. <laughs> oh, man. Have you, have you had a chance to meet the cast at all? Any of the cast? Or? Yes. So Elizabeth Montgomery passed away in 95 from colon cancer. So I didn't get to meet her, nor did I get to meet the two Darrens. However, I've met Tabitha Aaron Murphy and her twin sister, Diane, sometimes played Tabitha. So I met her and then Adam, Tabitha's little brother that people normally don't think about because he came later on in the series. Mm -hmm. He's a really cool guy and hit well played by twins, but I haven't met his brother, Greg. And then my favorite was Dr. Bombay, her witch doctor, played by Bernard Fox. Bernard Fox was in movies like The Mummy and Titanic. And I met him um, before he passed away in December of 2016. And I've become really good friends with his um, daughter, Amanda, and her wife and his grandkids. It's just the greatest. And the cool. And let's see who else. There's just a lot of like secondary character. I was going to say, you could rattle off names and I yeah, wouldn't even Dr. know. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Bombay was the best. Like he was my favorite besides Samantha because he just epitomized everything that anybody would want to be. He was a warlock, a doctor, and he was funny as hell. Have any of them come to like the Salt Lake comic-con at all? Um, cause I, I don't think so. Well, no. Uh, so Adam West, one of his first, Guest starring roles on TV ever was on Bewitched, and, and that's he, where I met him at Comic Con. Yeah, he's been he's passed Comic-Con. away. Yeah, he was way cool. Like I'd always heard horror stories that he was going to be really jerky, really like in person. That yeah, really? me. I've never actually. But he always he always makes fun of himself. Like he he's always done yeah. such a good. Well, he did. You know, no, he's gone now. Adam but West. yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> and I I always thought maybe he was a really cool guy. He was way cool. I brought my nephew, who I think at the time was mm, nine or ten. He was so cool and sweet with my nephew. Made the $60 for his autograph worth it. That's so cool. (laughs) Let's actually, we need to actually take a break here to play a message from our sponsors. But then when we come back, there was a few questions I wanted to ask about the book that I forgot. So we'll chat about that when we get back. Hang tight. All right. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Market Source Real Estate. I know we have a lot of listeners that are moving to Salt Lake City. We have a lot of listeners that are moving across town or maybe just moving into a bigger house. Check out Market Source Real Estate. If you love the charm and character of old homes, you really need to contact our friends Monique and Jeremy Higginson of Market Source Real Estate. Yeah, for the last 17 years, they've been specializing in helping people buy and sell homes in the Sugar House and Greater Salt Lake area. They have a background of flipping houses and owning almost two dozen homes themselves, so they know all the ins and outs of older homes. And if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and make sellers more money. If you're looking to buy an old home, they know what to look for in older homes so you don't end up buying a money pit. You can find all their info online, thinksaltlakecity.com. It's all one word. Just type that into your browser, Think saltlakecity.com, or you can just give them a call, 801-810-6773. Again, that's Monique and Jeremy Higginson, and many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. All right, this episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Five Wives Vodka. 
You know, we love Five Wives Vodka here. Not only are they our sponsor of this podcast, but we've been drinking them for years. Yeah. The next time you head on over to the state liquor store, pick up a bottle of Five Wives Vodka. Pick up an extra bottle with the holidays coming up. It's a great gift to give a friend that you don't know what it to get them. You're like, oh, here's a bottle of Five Wives Vodka. I was thinking about you. Bring it and make some holiday eggnog. Have a party. They actually have three different flavors. Chrissy and I are going to tell you about them right now. They have the original. This is probably the one that they sell the most of. This is this is the one. That the kind classic. Of, I, I think, yeah, the classic, yes. like Chrissy said. This one is made from Utah Mountain Spring Water. It's 100% distilled corn spirit and it's gluten-free. Springs hidden in beautiful Ogden Canyon, so they're not they're not taking vehicles up there. They're hiking this stuff out five gallons at a time. Five Wives Sinful is a flavored vodka with a delicious cinnamon taste. It's not like other cinnamon products that give you a cinnamon candy taste. Sinful is like a morning cinnamon roll, and it only has 76 calories per ounce. They also have the Five Wives Heavenly. This is another one of their flavored vodkas with a delicious vanilla taste. Heavenly's rich, buttery vanilla flavor it comes through without coating your taste buds with sugar, and this results in more vanilla and less calories. All three bottles are great. They would all make great gifts for the holidays. And they usually have some really great sales at the local state liquor stores. So check them out. Next time you head over to the state liquor store, like Christina said, ask for Five Wise Vodka. Next time you head on over to uh, one of your local bars, ask for Five Wise Vodka. You can also check them out online at fivewivesvodka.com. And uh, many thanks to Five Wives Vodka for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. When did you start writing this book? Like what year was it? It was 2004. 2004. And it took you. It took eight years. So what happened was I was posting the, like the blog entries or whatever. It wasn't really blog. It was a message board beginning September 17th of 2004. Cause that was the 40th anniversary. And then a couple years into it, everybody's like, you going to publish a book. And I was like, I don't even know. I don't know how to do that, but sure. And then my favorite person in the whole world, other than members of my family, is Paula Abdul. Oh my gosh, we have so much in common. Just to let you know. Chrissy, are you going to go down to the concert in Vegas in 12 days? We should. We actually saw Paula Abdul when she came here. But anyway, last year continue. with, yeah. with, new, with kids new kids on. on the block. Yes, that was so, so awesome. Great. And I met her anyway. Oh, I'm so jealous. Okay, so, continue. um,. Anyway, Paula Abdul told her fans in about 2010, she's like, I want you, because she's very goal-oriented. And she said, pick a goal that you don't think that you're going to be able to do, and I want you to work at it until you literally, like you can say with 100% honesty, I tried everything I could do to reach that goal, and it is unattainable. And I was like, okay. And I'm not, I don't really set goals. I know I should, but I just don't. But I was like, I'm going to try out publishing my book. And so the publisher, Bear Manor Media, which the book's available on bearmanormedia.com, which is B-E-A-R-M-E-D-I-A-M-A-N-O-R.com. They publish old time radio and TV stuff. And I had like several of their books, particularly Agnes Moorhead's biography. I love the illusion she played in Dora. So I thought, well, I'll submit it to them and see what they say. And I set myself a goal of 100 refusals because I had submitted an idea for a spell book a long time ago based on Bewitched to another publisher. And they said no. And that really hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go on. But J.K. Rowling, author of Harry Potter, she was rejected like hundreds of times 
before she finally got to where she was. So um, I submitted it to Bear Manor and Ben Omar that owns Bear Manor said, this sounds good. Let's do it. And that was the first one. <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, wait a minute. I wanted to get like at least 70 rejections. So I had a good story. <laughs> so um, the book, even though it's over 700 pages now, was over 1300 pages Holy at first, cow. the first, oh, yeah. the first printing. Uh huh. So I had to edit, 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 edit. Did they? Because they did they tell you to edit it down? Oh yes. Yeah. I edited. It was hard to do. That's like my baby. Yeah, and I had for to sure. take limbs off, and you feel like you're destroying the, the whole thing, right? Yes. Just taking parts out. And so finally, so that was in 2010 when Paula put out that challenge, and then the book got published on April 30th, 2012. What was the date? 2012, April 30th. Uh-huh. Okay, so then that was the same year this podcast launched. Oh, See really? the connection there? See? There is always connections. <laughs> no, that is so fascinating. What was it like the first time you held this book in your hands? It was amazing because a box came with like 15 books in it, so it was super heavy. Oh, yeah. And then opening it up, and that's not that's the second edition. So the cover on the first edition, <laughs> this is funny too. In one of the episodes, Dr. Bombay has a machine called the Omnidirectional Three-Dimensional Vectoring Cadmium Shielded Computer for Location Analysis, <laughs> which I think is hilarious because re- Darren says, what? And he, Dr. Bombay repeats the, the whole, whole thing. thing. <laughs> hilarious. So I was like, man, I want to call my book. Let me see if I can remember it. Omnidirectional Three-Dimensional Vectoring Paper Printed Omnibus for Bewitched Analysis, a.k.a. the Bewitched History Book. And I submitted that as a joke because they asked me what title I wanted. Yeah. So if you open up the cover to the very first page, that was what oh, my cover was. There but it we was go. Blue. <laughs> and if you turn the page again, um, that part with the cartoon Samantha on it, that was also on the front cover. All right. <laughs> so All awesome. of that smashed into one cover. It I love it. Awesome. <laughs> so so they took you seriously. Oh, yeah. I yeah. didn't think they would. And they totally did. You're like, what, why is everyone doing what I want? I know. It's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> What I mean, what's been the response like with fans? I mean, they, they seem to dig it, oh, they, right? I they mean, they love it. Like for a while it was only five star reviews on Amazon. I was the best selling book on bearmanermedia.com for a whole year. You were living large and it driving was great. Like I, and- I had a um my first uh what's it called book signing was up at the King's English up in Sugar House in a hot July day where I was part of a local author showcase where there was four authors and we had totally different subjects. Like one of them was like a recovering meth addict. One of them wrote some science fiction, something. And I can't remember what the other one was, but the audience that was there for that was three quarters, my people and King's English had said for each of us to bring 10 books to sign. And they said, and then we'll just sell the rest on the shelves. If you don't sell all of them, I sold all my 10 books that night and the rest of them sold like (laughs) one. (laughs) <laughs> I felt bad for them, but, but, but good I was for you. the superstar. Yeah. Until somebody came on Amazon and delivered a one-star rating. I'm sure you guys know how that feels. Oh, maybe. It, we, I actually yeah. got excited to get our first one-star rating, but I'm also very Yeah, we got weird. called a, a liberal podcast. Too very liberal. liberal. Oh, very geez. liberal. And they do not speak for Salt Lake. <laughs> but they say that you're, you're not officially, uh, and I'm sure it's the same way as a writer, that you've haven't made it until you get your first one star review, right? Yeah, they do say that, but and I didn't think it would hurt as much as it did. It does though. It, it still really does hurt. hurts. What did yeah. you? Uh, what I mean, talk about what? Well, that person wrote a review almost as long as my book. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I and said, 
<laughs> what did they say? I kind of feel like I know who it was, but I'm not going to name names. Nobody like in the Salt Lake area or anything okay. like this. I'll kick but, through, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> they said that I wrote like a frustrated teenage girl. And what else did they say? That's hard to hear though, man. Oh, Even they said it- that my, my, and this really pissed me off because I got all A's in English. They said my grammar sucked. Oh, wow. No, it didn't. <laughs> I admit. But don't you, get an, don't you get an editor for all that anyway or no? So Bear Manor is kind of a self-publisher. I had to edit it all myself. Okay. Okay. And now rereading it, like even in the, um, I think it was in the introduction, I saw something where I was like, oh, crap, are you kidding me? Oh, like there was an After error After all the time. It was just a misplaced word. Mm-hmm. And some of it was just when they typeset it, like that wasn't my fault. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. And there's so much to go over. Yeah. Like to really make, I, I've had, I've printed like trade show backdrops, which are not this long. Yeah. With just like five words and spelled them wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> the pressure of editing something that big is I've insane. heard of tattoos getting spelled wrong. That oh, would be gosh. Worse, you know that what I mean? Be, a bit. Well, oh. you know what though? Even back to the one star review, the fact that that person took the time to write it must have meant you made some sort of impact on them. Oh, I did because they obviously read it because they used several examples. So, yeah. they, that's so what I was mean, like, they, they read well, it. at least they took their time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and, and, and you can't take anything to heart. It's still hard and I'm sure it still eats away at you. Yeah. Like I can't, after that, I hardly ever go on Amazon to look at the reviews because I can't take it if I get, a, <laughs> if oh, I get another I mean, one. A lot of people say that too. Like never go read your own reviews. No, right, reviews. Let's, let's read a few of them. Because oh. I'm, I'm <laughs> well, it's, it's true because no matter what you do, you can't make everyone happy. Yeah. And so it's, it's really hard to do something like you did and really put yourself out there because you know inevitably someone's going to be upset about something. Yep. And, you know. And then there were some that like would give like, Somebody gave a four star review Mm -hmm. and I was like, why would you do four stars? What you wrote indicates that you really enjoyed it. We we got some like that for I am Salt Lake too. This is the best podcast in the world. Four stars. So why? Yeah. Like I was so mad. It's like, no guys, give us one or five. Yeah. (laughs) Those are your (laughs) options. Okay. (laughs) So do you want to write any other bewitched books? Do you have anything in the works? I do have something in the works. um, But you don't want to talk about it. No, I'll talk about it. It's just that I haven't like. So my dad passed away um, in January 2015, and I'm sure you know how this is because your father passed away, right? He did, yeah. So it sent me into a huge depression, which I didn't, I knew that it was coming. It was a long time coming. He died from like complications from diabetes and kidney failure and all that. But at the time I was working on an I Dream of Jeannie book, (gasps) the show that Bewitched always gets compared with. Yeah. And I have a co-author named Judy Moore that lives in California. So Judy had um, interviewed all the stars that were, I, I'm not sure about Larry Hagman, but I know she interviewed Barbara Eden who plays Jeannie and Barbara's the only ma- main cast member left now. And Oh, and um, what's his face? Bill Daly that just died that played Roger Healy, the friend on the show. He came to Comic-Con and I met him and I told him I was writing the Jeannie book and he gave me his phone number. He lived down in Phoenix and I was supposed to call him and then my dad died oh. and I couldn't, I didn't care about anything. Like I didn't want to do anything. And I'm just barely like almost four years later coming up out of like the depths. Wow. Like I can feel I'm surfacing. So that genie book is like, I'd say halfway complete. Like I, 
I have all my episode reviews written, but Judy wanted to really delve into it. And it's Mm going to be really cool because, of course, I Dream of Genie took place in Cocoa Beach, Florida with Major Anthony Nelson working at NASA. So there's a lot of stuff that I didn't realize that Genie referred to with the NASA program. And so we're going to delve into the NASA program as as how it was going on and then how it affected I Dream of Genie. That's really cool. Because Major Nelson was actually in training to be the first man on the moon, which I didn't realize in watching the show until Judy pointed it out. Wow. <laughs> so I was too busy watching Genie. A lot of that stuff flew over my head, man. <laughs> it seems like TV shows back then actually had a point to them. A lot of TV shows today are just like, There's always a whatever. Moral, right? Yeah. The, yeah. They, Genie's like not, I mean, I love I Dream of Genie. Do not get me wrong. But Bewitched, I felt, was so much well, better written had better storylines and I do like that they made Elizabeth Montgomery's character like a strong female yeah. lead. The I, I like I Dream of Jeannie too, but it it always kind of still rubbed me the wrong way that she was a ditzy blonde. Yeah. You I'm know? Like, she kinda was ditzy, but she was also kind of smart. Like I think she knew how to play Major Nelson. Oh how yeah. she wanted. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So but I agree. I felt Samantha was a stronger female lead. Now all my genie friends are gonna be like, Are you serious right now? <laughs> hey, I'll fight him. Come at me, bro. What would you what would you tell somebody who wants to write a book? It doesn't matter what it's about, just in general. Like like besides say, besides to just do it, is there any other piece of advice? You need to understand that the process takes a long time. I didn't understand how long it was gonna take. And I mean two years is probably like from when I submitted my manuscript to getting published, I guess that's a long time, but it's my first book. So I don't have anything to go by, but you have to edit and you have to be good with the edits. And I'm sure with an editor, that would have been a lot easier because I like being in charge. That would be hard to pass off your work to someone else to tell you that it sucks. Can you make make decent money with royalties? I mean, we don't need to get into exacts or anything, but can you, can you make any money? At first it was really decent money. Like it was groceries and gas and going out for a good time. Like probably filling up your car like three times. Sure. Like, and I, the royalty checks I would get them and I still get them quarterly. Sure. But now since it's been so long, Mm -hmm. it's like maybe McDonald's, maybe. Well, so well after our listeners go buy it, it'll be back oh, yeah, to gas see? money. Oh, and that's another thing. I don't know if it's still there, but there is one copy up at Marissa's Books that's up on Ninth East in like fifty four hundred South, I believe. She's got one for sale, or at least she did. I don't know if she sold it yet. Oh, one of the one of these Bewitched books. Mm-hmm. So there's not very many bookstores in Salt Lake, or that's the only one in the area that has it. Um, it's not sold in bookstores because it's a self publisher, and okay. so like. If it had been a major publisher, self-publishers, because I asked Barnes & Noble about it, and they're like, the, the thing with self-publishers is that we'll set them out and we have a lot of time to put the books out on the shelf. And if they don't sell in that a lot of time, we send them back to the publisher. Self-publishers will not allow that oh, because okay. it's print as you go. So um, they're not sold on the shelves, but it is on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And also um, there's this website called Oldies.com that always has it for... Usually oldies.com is the lowest price for it. Where's the best place to go for you? Like that would help you out or does the it best pri- The best place for me would be my publisher's web sh- website, which I said earlier, which was bearmannermedia.com. Because if they go to the other sites, then Everyone gets that site takes it. Yeah. Yep, everybody yep. gets a little bit of it. Interesting. I've always wondered how that was because I mean, a book takes so much thought mm-hmm. and so much time and everything. And it was like, 
do these guys make any money? I mean, is it, is it, I would think, I don't know. I'd like to try out like a, I don't want to say real publisher, but like <laughs> brick and mortar publisher, like uh, penguin house yeah, books. See? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Penguin something house? like that. Yeah. One of those. Things. I'd like to try that out and see how that goes, but I wouldn't like, I didn't know about getting an agent or anything like that. Um, so that part I would you, need to research w- more. What you need to do is start a bewitched podcast and then like get a, get a fan base that way as you sell your book and go on like a little tour. Yeah. That's a solid idea. Are there, I mean, there, there's gotta be some bewitched There's podcast. only one that I know of. It's called Nose Twitch and it's this, um, kid, I think he's in Georgia. Um, he hasn't put out an episode for a minute and he was only 23 and I liked it because he's like from a younger generation that really normally does not even know what Bewitched is. Yeah. So it was interesting to hear his ideas on it, especially since Bewitched was in the 60s where the man was the head of the house and the woman acquiesced to whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. Except that those were the beautiful days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> and so it was interesting to listen to his views on because some of the stuff you'd be like, oh, snap. And I'm trying to think of like something where we took because I've been on his podcast like three times, but he got into other stuff and hasn't put out an episode. But it's really good. The episodes he has up, I think he has like 33 or 34 episodes. So he kind of takes like a modern day generation look at yeah. that. That seems really interesting because it is a complete different culture. Even. Yeah. Like it's. And he would have so some of different. his friends come on. And one time his mom came on. His mom's a total, I don't want to say pothead, but she is. <laughs> she even has like a little video that she does on Twitter. Oh, wow. Where she lights it up and <laughs> goes to town. And her episode, she was, she's such a sweet lady. It was so, her episode was like sweet and funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think I should start up my own Bewitch podcast, but then I, I think it sounds like too much work. And they, it is a lot of work. They, they are a lot of work. But I mean, somebody like yourself who is just full of knowledge of it, it would yeah. seem easy. Now, you were talking about modern, and I just completely remembered. I was going to ask you what your thoughts were on the newer movie that they brought. I mean, it's not new, but well, it was- Well, the one it, from, with Nicole Kidman. And wasn't Will, was, was it Will Ferrell? Ferrell? It was Will Ferrell. Yeah, what you, I, I was so excited it. for that because, again, I, I liked Bewitched as a kid. Yeah. I grew up on that. Uh, cause that was the stuff my mom would let me watch because it was, it wasn't swear words and yeah. stuff like that. And they slept in separate beds. Even. No, they, or Samantha I guess, and Darren were one of the first couples to sleep in the same bed. In the same bed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right uh, behind well, Fred and Wilma Flintstone. <laughs> so what, what did you think of that, that movie? I didn't. It was horrible. Crap. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Let's it's just say, get it right out on the table. And but the sad thing is, is that everybody's always like on the message boards or whatever, ever since the internet began has mm-hmm. always been. Oh, Jim Carrey's got to play Darren. Um, yeah, I because could see he that. resembles yeah. Dick York, the first okay. Darren. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Speaking of Dick York, that's who I've met is all his children and his, well, not all his children, but most of his children, especially Chris York, oh, the wow. oldest son who's freaking awesome, and his brother Matt and all their kids love the Yorks. Oh. And you can totally feel their dad's and York spirit. peppermint patties are good see. too. <laughs> there we go. But anyway, um, Jim Carrey read for the role that was in the Bewitched movie and he hated that it was not a direct remake, which good on him. Oh yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I always wanted Nicole, Quality. but I did not like her performance. Mm. And I did try to, cause I, so I worked at, <laughs> I worked at JC Penney's in the accounting center up on third South and Maine at that time. And there was a lot of downtime, so I would peruse the internet trying to find the casting director's phone number, and I found it. Oh, my gosh. So I called her one day, 
because I wanted to make sure that <laughs> she's all had to get this number. And I said, I'm not going to tell you, but now they're on the phone. Let's talk. And I wanted her to get Bernard Fox that played Dr. Bombay to return in the role of Dr. Bombay. Was this during the casting? Like yeah, it was during the, the casting. Out? Yeah. Before the movie came out. And oh, she told wow. me, she's like, well, to tell you the truth, we've already had him come read for because that role is in the script. And I ended up getting an original script. But that scene was cut out and he was cut out of the movie, which is totally oh, sad because so it was sad. a cute scene. Why did he get a cut out? Movie. Have you seen the scene? No, I read the scene in the script. In the script. Oh, okay, it was really okay. cute. Um, and then I wanted Aaron Murphy that played Tabitha. I thought she should just have a cameo as just like a waitress or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen either. So, but anyway, Interesting. the movie came out and we were, we had a bewitched uh, fan I thought, I thought you were going to say you tried out for the oh, movie. Heavens no. <laughs> You should have been, you should have been the casting director. Yeah. We all went to see it in Los Angeles, paid the 18 bucks that those crazies pay for new movies. Yeah. And then we're regretting it sorely afterwards. Were you guys all just massively depressed coming out of the theater? I was like really jazzed about it because they Uh show some scenes from the original series, like on the big screen, which was like totally amazing. And like the, the logo when it first came on, I was like totally had chills. Yeah. But and I tried to talk myself into liking it, but right. I really didn't. Wow. Yeah, I feel you. It was like, for me, that was like the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. You're just like, oh, man. And then, so actually, do you guys watch Blackish on ABC? I we know. I've heard it's hilarious. So I don't think it's hilarious because oh. I tried to watch it. But the reason I bring it up is that the creators of that show um, have been optioned to come up with a new Bewitched where Samantha will be a black woman in the modern day that marries a white lazy guy and how she tries to manage that marriage because she has all the power and he doesn't do anything. It sounds horrible. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds pretty... mm. mm -hmm. But if it pushes more Bewitched merchandise from the original show, I'm all about it. There you go. I mean, there's a market for everybody, right? Yes. Maybe. And speaking of new merchandise, there's these toys called Mego that were produced in the 70s that were like action figures. So they've made a comeback. And so now there's bewitched action figures that are at Target. Oh, that's cool. So go get your hands on some right now, right? Yeah, I already bought four Samanthas. and um, Are they four different Samanthas? No, they're all the same. Oh, okay. But I bought one to send to, um, this is funny, I bought one to send to my friend Peter in Salem, Massachusetts. So I thought it was funny that I was sending a witch to Salem. That's awesome. (laughs) Because he couldn't find them there. Um, And then this week they're coming out with an Endora and Samantha's cousin Serena action figure at Target. Where do you keep up with all this? Like, is there like a, like a website Just or a Facebook. Face, Facebook fan yeah. pages, stuff like that? You yeah. Know? I mean, connected. There must be a lot of other bewitched fans out there. Yeah. My books page has over 25,000 fans on it. Yeah. Which oh, that's wow. crazy time. Yeah. That's and I awesome. wish all 25,000 would have bought my book. Cause I know they haven't. Oh. <laughs> so besides bewitched, Let's talk other hobbies and interests. What else? I mean, does anything else occupy your time or is it just all bewitched? It's all mainly bewitched, but I like to draw. I haven't drawn for a while, but when I grew up, I wanted to go work at Disney. And then I let that fall by the wayside. And I love the Muppets. And I totally. Who doesn't love the Muppets? Oh though, my right? Gosh. Fraggle Rock and Muppet yes. Babies. They're so Muppet I wanted. Babies. So one time in um, elementary, they had career day and I believe it was fourth grade. And the girl that babysat us, Vanessa, she had an animal, 
um, Muppet. <laughs> and so I decided I was going to dress up as a Muppet performer, which was just dressing as a hippie and have a Muppet on your hand. <laughs> and I was literally told by the teacher, you can't have that. Oh, the Muppet? That you can't want to be a Muppet performer. <laughs> oh, you can't have that dream? Yeah. Well. <laughs> they probably make good money. Hmm. Oh, I'm sure they do. And you then... should have been like, it pays better than a teacher salary. <laughs> Ooh, don't yeah. ever say that. I'm sorry. I Might love teachers. Yeah, and I, I think say, we lost well, half of our... <laughs> I, But no, for real. I, I really think teachers need to be paid more. That was my point. Yeah, I think so too. But that really, it didn't squash my dream. I still wanted to do that until Jim Henson passed away. And then I was like, well, I only wanted to work with Jim Henson, really. Well, who yeah. doesn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know, exactly. But what else do I do? I love reading. I love, love reading. You're really into like history and mystery. Yeah, I love like, well, right now I'm reading, I think it's called The Art of Murder in the Victorian Age or something. It's really interesting. That sounds fascinating. That sounds right up your alley. That sounds right up my alley. Yeah. On our honeymoon, I bought a book called The Big Book of Murder. <laughs> just- <laughs> I was like, I'm looking at it as I'm driving like, home uh, from California. I'm like, uh, who the hell I did need I to get this annulled. <laughs> but I love biographies. Um, yeah. Love biographies. Now, well, now, what kind of reader? Do you like a physical book? Do you read on like maybe I, a Kindle? No, I, I tried or? doing Kindle and I like the touch of the physical book. Okay. Yeah. I can respect that. Yeah. There, so there's like something nice. Piles like my family thinks I'm a hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> I am what's known as a collector. <laughs> um, I always say that I'm like one dead cat away from being a hoarder because you know on hoarders, there's always, always dead cats and that's always sad. dead cats. <gasps> and so yeah. I went through all my mess looking for, oh, uh, my Halloween costume, which I couldn't find part of it. But most of my boxes, like 80% of my boxes are books. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, not enough shelves, not enough space. At least you got Time some good, good knowledge there, some good That's education. True. Yeah. I'm wondering, so you don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts though, right? Not really. Oh man, I feel like you would love so many. There's this new podcast called Unobscured mm-hmm. by Aaron Mankey. Okay. He's the guy who does lore. What's it Have about? You ever, it's about. Now, I heard you talk about lore, and oh, I need to listen lore to is, it. Lore is you would love it. Yeah. Um, unobscured. It's a deep dive into the Salem witch trials. The history. Oh, he gets he gets a bunch of historians on, and they they talk in depth about like the beginning of how the witch trials started, and like all of even the political pressure behind it, and I'm it's really fascinating. Trials. Yeah. So, like in eighth grade, I had to do. I was in the accelerated learning program called Quest at Kennedy Junior High, and we had to do. Um, for the Utah history or not the Utah history for the American history part of it. We had to select something in American history, do this whole big oral report with visuals. <laughs> and so mine was like the, you know, the poster board with the, I don't think we didn't have a computer. So it was hand-drawn lettering and Xerox pictures from books at the library. And then I took my sister's Hawaiian Barbie and my mom made this black shoulderless dress, which, that's not very Puritan Salem time <laughs> and but, hunger I mean, from witches. a twig. <laughs> and that was part of my, and then oh. s- this other girl came in with this whole little diorama of Salem township oh with like gosh. gallows Hill and all these little people. And I, and she got to present first and I was like, Oh my Son of a. God, but both of us got a, so it worked out in the end. Well, that's good. <laughs> it's all about presentation. Yes. If you presented yourself, the visuals didn't matter. Right? <laughs> So you mentioned you're a big Paula Abdul fan. Yeah. So usually I'll ask somebody like, you know, most memorable concert or sporting event. I'm assuming you've seen Paula 
a so million Paul times, Abdul right? was my actual first concert, and it was at was what was then, and I still call the Delta Center. It, it'll always be the Delta Center to me. Yeah, it's always the Delta Center. And my so I totally remember me and my dad used to go on walks, and before the concert was ever announced, he said, "If Paula ever comes in concert, I'll buy your tickets." And then she announced she was coming, and so then me and my cousins went, and my um, aunt bought the phones over the, or bought the tickets over the phone with a credit card, and I I thought. Because she did that, that meant that we would have really good seats. We literally Aww. had the very last row up in the nosebleeds. Aww. But it was still amazing, right? Oh, it was amazing. It was so good. And then afterwards, like it was, and I'll always remember it. So my grandpa Pierce died November 29th of 91, and the concert was December 3rd. And this is so bad, but I kept on thinking, Oh, great. Now we're going to have his funeral on that day and I'm going to have to miss this concert. But that didn't happen. <laughs> How old were you? <laughs> I was 16. Uh, that's, that's an accurate, that's an accurate 16 year old. So, thought. so we were waiting out in the snow afterwards for my dad to come pick us up. And there was some kid that was standing there waiting for his brother to come back from backstage. And I was so jealous. Oh, yeah. But then. Fast forward to 2004. <laughs> this is going to sound so nuts. So she was at um, going to be at a women's expo in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so I called the expo coordinator, Nisi, and I asked her, Nisi, would it be weird if I flew out there for this expo just to meet Paula? Because one, I'm coming from Utah, and two, I'm a man. She's like, oh, no, honey. In fact, I'll just <laughs> give you the tickets so you can get in. No I was like, way. Thanks. So I so met Paula then. Yeah. And it was real like I was on the second row, I think, and we had a QA. And I was like, I was recording it. I was totally shaking. I was so I couldn't even believe it. And then afterwards, we had to stand in line. And Paula's very, very she loves all her fans and she tries to get to know them and takes too long. Mm-hmm. And so she was taking too long, and somebody found out I was from Utah and there and I was gonna miss my plane home, which I did. But they took me backstage, and when she finally came back backstage, I got to like put I put my arm around her, and I'm like, "Will you sign this picture?" And she's like, "Oh sure." And then I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm putting my arm around Paula, and all her securities there, and all these people are like screaming because they oh, wanted no. to be there, and I I was the last person she could sign for. That's cool, man. Worth, that is, worth missing the plane. It was, you can get another. Yeah, plane. it was cool. She was gonna miss her plane too, and I and I had a little fantasy of like, "Oh my gosh, maybe I can ride to the airport and her." It didn't happen. <laughs> But you, I've decided, oh. Oh, I was going to say you're going to see her again in Vegas, yeah. right? Like, Well, in, I saw her last year when she came with the new kids. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing. So we become really good friends on Twitter. No kidding. Yeah. So, and she fought, she, I was one of the first people she followed, which that was amazing. That's awesome. And so when I came backstage and I brought, so her birthday was uh, 10 days after that concert. So I brought birthday hats and like noisemakers. Yeah. And the people are the people that were leading us backstage are like, you can't bring anything back there. And I'm like, trust me, she's going to let me bring this. So I got back there and I'm like, hi, Paula. And she's like, hi, sweetie. And it didn't seem like she registered who I was. And then as I got closer, she's like, oh, my God, it's David. <laughs> and she jumped on me and we twirled around and she was kissing my face and had her arms <laughs> and legs wrapped around me. She's like, oh, my God, you guys. He is the best person ever. He's, I swear he's my biggest fan. Oh my God. (laughs) And so then the handler came over and he's like, he brought party hats and stuff. And she's like, why? And I said, cause it's your birthday doll in 10 days. (laughs) And so we took our pictures with the birthday hats and everything. 
which is which was good. But then I wanted like regular pictures, mm-hmm. but those somehow didn't turn up. So I only had the party pictures. Oh, <laughs> well, at least wow. you got some pictures. But yeah. I am going to meet her in twelve days again and get real good pictures. Very yes, cool. I'm, I'm wait waiting to see those, to see those pictures, oh, yeah. David. It's going to be amazing. Let's talk Salt Lake City. You've lived here your whole life. Yes. So I'm I'm assuming you got some really cool recommendations if somebody was visiting or if somebody was just here for the weekend, anything, or, or what would you tell them to check out? What What is David's recommendations? And see, that's the thing. I've lived here all my life and I've learned so much more about Salt Lake listening to your guys' podcast. That's hey, the idea, that's man. That's how I'm learning is making the podcast. <laughs> but I think that, I really think even if you're not, a part of the LDS church going to Temple Square anytime, yeah. but especially Christmas yeah, is amazing. And just being downtown and um, being out in the cold and seeing all those beautiful lights in the grounds. But also like if it's the summer going up in the canyons or also, even though it's not salt air, just going out to see that building and just being out there, especially at um, sundown. It's so cool, even though it's kind of stinky sometimes. The Brian Shrimp, <laughs> yeah. But there's so much. There's, there's, a, there's a lot, a lot to, to do. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't know, you know, everybody has something different, you know, whether it's a building or an activity yeah. or an event. Or... or I think that like walking up and down through the avenues or like the old mansions that are oh, go along man. South Temple. Yeah. And especially like if you go into the, if you go on the tours for the governor's mansion. Awesome. What about favorite local eating spots? Oh, Same Sushi, which is just just down the street. It's on 4th, let's see, 298. It's 3rd South off of 4th West. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right up Chrissy's alley. That's, uh, I've always wanted to go there. I'm just, we're just going to have to go there sometime. Because I <laughs> yeah. don't eat sushi, but what? that's where I got my first taste of it. And it was uh-huh. good, but they have really good stuff for people that don't like sushi. And Fernando, that's the owner and the chef, he's amazing. Me and my bestie, Gina, we have like our own seat there (laughs) and we get offended if somebody's sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) That's our seat. What do you order when you're there if you're not a sushi person? I usually get the, um, the roasted chicken or now I can't think of it. It's the noodle dish. I can't think of what the actual name for it is. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, yakisoba. Oh, yakisoba noodles. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Those are good. That's really good. And he like just, uh, changed the recipe. Mm -hmm. So good. Mm. That sounds yeah. yummy. Are you a winter person? Are you excited with winter no. coming up? No, no, you're, no. You're not like a skier, snowboarder, no, get out no, and I, do all I, that? No, I love what we're in right now. Yeah, this is perfect. Fall is my yeah. jam. I know. It's so... I, I was telling Chris, I'm like, I wish every day could be like today. Yeah, you're not sweating. Yeah, it's a just storm. so perfect. Today. Yeah. And then all the leaves, like literally falling from the trees. I know. It's like snowing leaves. Oh, it's magical. When you're just driving through them and they're just, you can, oh. And see, my birthday so was fun. a couple of weeks ago. And so I always think that starts the beginning of the holiday season. So my birthday and then we have Halloween coming up. Yeah. And Halloween is totally my jam. Oh, Halloween's the best. It is a, it is it a is really getting fun. a little sad yeah. that it's going to be over. Cause I've had my, <laughs> I've had everything decorated since like September 15th. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Man after my own heart. <laughs> Let's uh, let's run down the list how listeners can buy the book, get a hold of you, so Facebook, I have, the whole nine yards. There's the book's Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Bewitched History Book. Um, I'm also on Twitter with the Bewitched Book, which is at Bewitched Book. I'm also, I have my own personal Twitter, which is at Dr. Bombay 76, but it's D-R-B-O-M-B-A-Y 76. And um, the book's available at bearmanormedia.com 
Amazon.com, um, oldies.com, and barnesandnoble.com. Like I said, there's maybe one copy of it left up at Marissa's Books. Okay. It's in Salt Lake. And I'll put all those links at IamSaltLake.com with okay. this episode too. So if you're like taking a shower or driving right now and you don't have a, a pen. You don't you have know. to find something to write with. It's okay. <laughs> Calm your horses. I am so glad to get you finally on the podcast. I know we've chatted back and forth, yeah. run into each other at farmer's markets and stuff like that. And and uh, I know you've been listening to the podcast for a minute. And, and I got to be honest, like the whole historical context of everything I found that really yeah. exciting. It's like, been it was awesome. fun to listen Thank to you talk you. about. It's it's always fun to bring a listener on the podcast as well because you're familiar with the show yeah. and, and, and all that good stuff. But uh, anything you want to add, David, before Chrissy always throws that last question out? I don't think so. I, think I know there's probably a million things we could there talk about. There probably is a million things that I forgot to say, but I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you also give us one piece of life advice that we can leave with our listeners? The one piece of life advice is this too shall pass. I love it because we can all put that into our daily life all the time. I need to remember Good or bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. See? (laughs) I'm not a glass half half full or half empty. I'm more like, is the glass clean or dirty? (laughs) (laughs) I love it, David. (laughs) Great place to end the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. You bet. And, And like I always say, let's catch up down the road, right? Yes, definitely. Many thanks again to David Pierce for joining us on this episode of the podcast and sharing his story. You can head on over to our website at IamSaltLake.com slash 355 for all the links mentioned in this episode's conversation. And that's going to do it for this episode. Many thanks again to our amazing sponsors for this episode, Five Wives Vodka and Market Source Real Estate. Check them out and support them. They're really rad sponsors. And also, many thanks to your awesome Patreon supporters. We would love it if you would consider becoming a Patreon supporter. You can head on over to, and uh, visit it out and check it out at patreon.com forward slash I am Salt Lake. You can also send us an email just to say hello. We like to know you're out there. We like to know you are listening. Our email address is hello at I am Salt Lake.com. And you can also send us letters in packages. I know letter writing is like an old school thing, or maybe you want to send us a Christmas card or something. Uh, You can send that to P.O. Box 4412, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84110. You all have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Remember to support local, and we're going to see you on that next episode. And good night, Grammy. Grammy.